You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey y'all, I'm Mella Borowski and we've got a great dialogue for you today on Bell, Book, and Candle. We've got psychic medium and intuitive advisor Annie Larson with us today. Her passion is to bring healing and closure via readings and help others hone their intuitive voice through development and mentoring classes that she offers. She's a Reiki master teacher, a published astrologer, past life regressionist, and yoga teacher. Welcome Annie, thanks for being here. Thanks, Mella, for having me. I really appreciate it. So the term mediumship gets tossed around a lot, and I don't think it means always what they think it means. How do you describe your gift of mediumship? So mediumship for me, and I think for most mediums, they understand that it's speaking to a departed loved one or somebody who actually lived on the earth who's departed. And it's actually having a conversation with somebody who's on the other side or has left this earthly plane and not only having a conversation with them, but you actually bring in their personality. So I think that's what really differentiates mediumship from maybe psychic Mm -hmm. is that the information that you're getting, I may get up and walk like the person walked. I may have the cough that the person had. I'll know a lot about their, their personality and what they were like when they were in the flesh. Mm, That's amazing. I don't have the gift of mediumship, but I do a lot with spirits and I and I have seen plenty of spirits and other beings and I've even been called in to get rid of things out of homes and people just will think that I'm a medium and I've always told them, well, I'm not sitting and having a conversation with them. I'm not trying to understand things all the time. I'm just coming in when you are tired of it being there. So so the way you describe that, yeah, that makes such perfect sense. Just because you see spirits or even interact with them in some way does not mean you necessarily have the gift of mediumship. But I would probably call somebody who's coming in, because I do a lot of cleansing in people's homes when, again, they get tired of having, you know, maybe that that (laughs) Civil War soldier in the basement that they're tired of having them there. I would call you a medium if you're going in and maybe having a conversation if you know what's there. If you know, you know, Tom's in the corner and he's telling me the medium is the Mm go-between between human and spirit. But in mediumship, when we're doing, there's different types of mediums, too. So maybe that's good to talk about. The type of mediumship that I'm doing when I'm doing a reading is what we call evidential mediumship, or in Britain, they call it mental mediumship. So it's bringing in evidence of the departed loved one. I have your grandfather here. He's telling me he served in the military. He's telling me that he got injured on his right leg and then you're getting feedback yes yes but then you're going forward and saying and grandpa shows me that he really loved his whiskey and cigars (laughs) and he held his glass like this and he had branch water in it instead of regular water I mean you can get into those minute details because you want to bring in the evidence Mm. that the loved one is there that you have their spirit or their soul and you're talking to them And then you want to bring in messages. So 
you know, grandpa's here and he's telling you where the family fortune is buried. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's what everybody wants. Where's the family fortune? But, you know, he'll come in and maybe say, uh, I'm sorry I didn't get to say goodbye. Or, you know, they may have a message. They may not have a message, too. You don't always have to have a message. Sometimes them just showing up is the message. Hey, Mm. I came to say hi. How you doing? Yeah. So that's called evidentiary mediumship? Evidential. Or, or evidential. Mental, evidential or mental mediumship. And there's, as I said, there's all kinds of mediums out there. So you'll have um, physical mediums who have physical manifestations around them. Typically they're born or, you know, the things that I've read and stuff, they're typically born. I know I'm a physical medium. You typically know if you're a physical medium. And then there's other types, you know, there's channelers and there's trans mediums. And just Mm. because you're one doesn't mean you can't be the others. You can be the others. It's just that sometimes you pick where you're most comfortable Mm -hmm. or where you can serve the best. Trans mediumship is when you actually go into trance and allow spirit to use you as a vessel, because that's really what spirit is doing. That's what a medium is. We're being used as a vessel. Mm -hmm. And I believe we're being used as a vessel to bring healing, mm. not only to humans left behind, but also to spirit. Wow. I've heard so many mediums and, e- and even anyone with any type of spiritual gift say that they have been experiencing this gift since they were small children, even if they didn't know what it was at the time. Is that the same for you? Did that start as a child for you? It definitely, yeah. When I was a child, I saw things and heard things and knew other people were in the room. I still to this day sleep with the light on because I can have a room full of spirit (laughs) with the light off. And most people I do think, you know, they say mediums are born. And I'm not quite sure about that. But what I do know is most people who were scared to death of spirit and ran away tend to be the most powerful mediums or the most experienced mediums maybe they're bringing it in from past life and so they're able to connect more readily in this lifetime but some people too you're right they push it away and then they have something happen when they're older and they realize hey maybe i was talking to spirit all along Mm. but i think most people that the best mediums that i've met in my lifetime are the ones who say I got spirit all my life, scared me half to death, ran away from it. And I'm like, yep, you're probably a great medium. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear that all the time. Yeah. When did you put a name to what it was you were experiencing? How old were you? You know, when I was growing up, people really didn't talk about mediums. There There wasn't Teresa Caputo and John Edwards and all these very famous mediums out there. There were small churches and I had a a spiritualist church close by me, probably in my 20s. So I had Mm. some experiences there, but there weren't books about it. There was a lot of books about witchcraft. (laughs) So that's (laughs) mostly what I studied was witchcraft. Mm. But to put a word on it that I was speaking to somebody else, it probably wasn't until I was a teenager, maybe even into my 20s, where I would would say the word medium. I think I always use, I used to always say, I get stuff. I wouldn't put a label on it. I'd just say, well, I get stuff. Okay. 
I mean, you've got these this room full of spirits sometimes. So that must have made childhood a little different. What was it like growing up and experiencing that? Sometimes it was absolutely terrifying. And I had parents who, I was the youngest of seven, and I have had five older brothers, and one has passed on now, but I think by the time my parents got to me, they were very worn out and tired parents, especially with <laughs> my brothers. And so when things would happen in my room and I was afraid, there wasn't a whole lot of help. So I just had to learn how to deal with spirit in my room. And not only was there spirit in my room, but they moved things. Oh, wow. So things would move around my room. And in fact, um, I have a sister and we had rooms next to each other. And she also has abilities too. It kind of comes through lineage. And at night in her room, I knew she wasn't home and it would sound like somebody's rearranging furniture. Wow. So things were always moving around, and now I know them as apportations when things show up or deportations where things leave. So like crystals, I see all the crystals behind you. Have you ever had a crystal go missing? Absolutely. And show up again. <laughs> and show up again, yes. When you need it, you're like, where did I put that crystal? Yes, yes, yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> How did this experience affect your friendships and affect you in school? That was very difficult. Um, mm -hmm. I was raised very religious. I was raised Catholic. And that wasn't really part of Catholicism, believing in spirits and all of these, which was funny because I'm like, don't we see the Father, Son, and the Holy <laughs> Ghost? Isn't there a ghost in that trinity? Hello. Right. But my friends mostly would call me a witch, and they meant it in a derogatory term. Mm. And I think people thought I was weird, which I'm sure it came off as very weird. And But I was very lucky. I had a best friend, uh, Peggy, who I still talk to to this day. We've known each other all, all of our lives. And she accepted me, very religious person mm -hmm. still to this day, but she has always totally and utterly accepted me. Wow. And I told her recently, like in the past couple of years, I said, you know, I don't think you realize how much I appreciate how you always accepted, even though you may not have believed everything that was happening, but you accepted everything about me. And I also, mm. she was also my partner on the Ouija board too. Mm. <laughs> so we did a lot of <laughs> things that, you know, our, our religion told us not to do. But of course, you know, young kids, <laughs> you play with Ouija boards, you know, this was long before <laughs> the exorcist too. So what part does intuition play when you're giving a mediumship reading? I, I really think the intuitive part of people, because everybody has intuition. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a medium to have intuition. I think we're born with intuition. Yeah. That intuitive part, I really use more for myself. It's kind of what's going on with me? What decisions do I need to make? And then when I'm reading for other people, that intuitive part is really into that psychic part. I think the word psychic scares people a little mm -hmm. bit. I think medium scares people too. But psychic sounds like the gypsy on the corner with her crystal ball and tarot cards, which I love tarot cards, but the crystal ball, you know, telling, telling you to hold your hand out and telling you when you're going to die. Yeah. Well, that's why I kind of toned down that psychic part a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think intuitive counseling is far more accepted 
really what you're doing is just kind of tapping in and there's many different ways to tap in to see what's around people and what's going on in their lives. <laughs> and it's different from mediumship. But I will say all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But but I think, you know, sometimes I think when people are having a mediumship reading, they're really having a psychic reading. Mm. That's why I try to emphasize in a mediumship reading, you're really bringing, you're having a conversation. Yeah. In psychic, you don't have a conversation. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. When someone comes to you for a mediumship message from someone and they will come in and say, I have a beloved grandmother. I really want a message from her. Is that something that you're capable of, of kind of narrowing down and just getting that one person that they want? No. <laughs> Short answer, no. <laughs> I liken myself to I pick up the receiver on the phone and they do the calling. So it's who's supposed to come through will come through. Now, I will say, in probably 80% of my readings, the person that they want to talk to does come through. On my website, I do say, set an intention. Tell them you want them to come through. And a lot of times, too, they'll actually, spirit comes to me even before I start the reading, and they'll start doing things. And I'll tell you a funny story. I had, um, this was last year. I had a spirit come and they normally come in and around my shower. I talk about this a lot because in the shower, you're nice and quiet, meditative. Well, this spirit kept pulling the little tiny hairs on my knuckles, but not my knuckles, just my left ring finger oh, wow. and kept pulling the hairs. And this went on until I'm actually on the reading. And when I'm on the reading, Lo and behold, spirit comes through and shows me a ring on the left finger, you know, with all this hair pulling to the point where I'm irritated with spirit, like wow. stop pulling those little hairs, it hurts. So when I start doing the reading, my client starts crying and she says, it's my grandmother and I'm wearing my husband's ring who's departed. Mm -hmm. And I asked my grandmother, to come through and bring her departed husband through, which happened. Wow. But it was really interesting because that's kind of how it does happen too. Sometimes a really strong spirit, like a grandmother, will bring through a spirit who may not have enough energy to come through, but they'll help bring them through. So she kept saying to grandma, I'm wearing the ring. I really want you to come through. And the grandmother's like, I got your back. I'm going to irritate the crap out of this medium and you're going to know it's me. And then I'm going to help bring your departed husband through. And that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> when someone comes to you for a mediumship healing, do they come to you for the most part of just being curious or are they seeking this deep healing that comes from it? I think people just want to connect with people who they haven't talked to in a while. Hmm. And especially if there's any trauma in and around it, they departed suddenly, or there were some last words they wanted to talk about. And I don't know that they really think about the healing aspect of it. I talk about it, and I think afterwards, then they realize, wow, this is a, a true weight off my shoulder now. And I also believe it's healing for spirit too. So sometimes I get a sense when spirit's leaving out of the reading that they're leaving and they're 
relieved mm -hmm. and they're in a better place. That's beautiful. So this is a little bit of a personal question. If you don't want to answer it, that's perfectly fine. But I found that most people who are healers of any sort, that at some point in their life, they have had to do healing themselves. Is, is that something that is a story that you carry? Absolutely. And in fact, I think healers have so much compassion because they've been there. Mm -hmm. You know, in many ways, uh, emotionally, physically, mentally, had to overcome a lot of things to get to where we are. And to have that compassion, because I think that's the number one thing you have to have is empathy and compassion mm -hmm. for your client. And it should pour out of you. Yeah, I agree. I feel like all the things that I have had happened to me or I was involved in throughout my life has made me a more compassionate person. And now I, when I say I know, I know the feeling I can, I can kind of be in your shoes. People can feel that I really can, you know, I've been in the dark, deep depression, mental health hospital, all these different things, struggle with my marriage, abuse as a child, like all these different things that you can kind of check off on a list. I have clients that come to me who are experiencing one or all of them. And I do find that because I went through that, it's actually now being used as a blessing. I really believe that spirit or whomever is putting you together with that person. So when I, when I hung up my shingle again, I said, bring me the people I can help. Mm. And when you set that intention, lo and behold, the people that you can most relate with. I can't tell you how many people I read who have, you know, grew up in a large family like mine, mm. uh, have lost a brother and in a tragic way, have dealt with, you know, a lot of the things that I've dealt with because we as mediums have to be able to share from our own experiences. You know, they have to show me things that I've gone through or that I had or that I, and I can give you a quick example, military, I always know military service. My dad was in the military. My dad actually works with me. So when my dad shows up, he'll be showing me the uniform, He'll be showing me the injuries. Wow. He'll be showing me, yeah. So I'm like, okay, the, you know, sometimes I get confused between the Air Force. He helps me out because he was Air Force, but sometimes <laughs> mailmen in Air Force, it's like, they got a blue uniform on. <laughs> but I'll know whether it's, you know, I'll see ships for the Navy and I'll see the hat and stuff. But really it's working. That's where my dad comes in a lot and will help. Mm. But you can only share from your own experiences. So you won't know unless you have actually experienced it. I was reading recently about how, especially in mediumship, that there are a lot of symbols and, and different things that you learn what that means. So when that symbol comes up in the reading, you can say, oh, I'm seeing such and such, and this usually means, you know, whatever it means. Yeah, I, I, I do use symbols. I'm probably not as symbol... I, I went and saw Teresa Caputo a couple of years ago, and her whole reading was, oh, I have this symbol, and that means this, and I have this symbol, and that means this, and I have this symbol. I do get symbols, and sometimes they mean a couple of different things. But I try to really listen to spirit, and I open myself up. Like, my whole right side is given over to spirit, mm -hmm. so that every last one of my six senses 
are open to them. All my clairs are open to them too. You know, see, yeah. feel, taste, you know, see in my mind's eye, the knowing, all of those things. Yeah. And hearing as well. You hear spoken words. Oh, absolutely. Words. I've actually spoken last words that somebody said. Wow. I Sometimes I say weird sentences because... And I'm trying to think, I did a reading last week, and I said something really strange, but it was exactly what her dad would have said. And wow. in the manner and fashion, because they'll pop into my head and I'll just say it. Sometimes I don't even know where it's coming from. I'm like, <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> coming out of my mouth. Wow. But I think that spirit, you know, that's just kind yeah. of how it works. And you give yourself over to have those experiences to be able to share. Yeah, and that's a lot of trust and it's a lot of, it sounds like intuition as well, but a lot of trust. A lot of trust, a lot of trust in working with spirit. And you know, the one thing that I probably have never said on a podcast that I'd love to say here is I talk about mediums being wrong, you know, that, we're, you know, in a good day, we're like 80, 90%. And, you know, the rest of the information is, is wrong. It's, not that spirit's wrong, is that the medium screws it up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that we're not interpreting it correctly. Mm. So we may see something and miss and go, ah, oh, yeah. But I don't think mediums are supposed to be 100%. I think that's a little too much for humans to handle. Yeah, our human body and brain and everything else. I mean, I don't think that, yeah, you're right. I don't think that we could ever 100% know everything going on in the spirit world. I think it'd be difficult, yes. Mm -hmm. If we could, there would only be one spiritual path, I think, because we'd know what the truth was, right? <laughs> you know, that's true. That's true. But I always tell people, I'm like, you know, when I die, I'm going to come back and haunt y'all and tell y'all about it. <laughs> tell you everything that's going on. You'll never be able to get rid of me. <laughs> I say I say that to my husband, and he says, don't even say that. Don't even put it out into the universe. <laughs> People say that to me a lot. <laughs> Don't <late>. say that. <laughs> so your website says that you are certified in Hellenistic astrology. What is Hellenistic astrology? And is that different from what most people are familiar with? I think most people in the United States, at least, are used to Western tropical. And people that are in China are probably used to Chinese astrology, which is different. And then in India, Vedic astrology, which is different, too. Mm. Vedic is probably one of the oldest, but Hellenistic predates all of them. Mm. So when um, there were people who were curious in the uh, 1990s, maybe even the 1980s, astrology was uh, being practiced, the Western tropical was really being practiced based on like, you know, personalities and stuff based on Jung, Jung Carl Jung. And it kind of people wanted to go back to the roots of astrology and kind of get away from the personality like oh you know what's your sign and the whole thing in the 1970s and yeah. stuff where it was kind of uh kitschy hmm. but hellenistic astrology these people went back and actually put together all of the information that was out there from the Babylonian Greek and so on and so forth. So Hellenistic astrology, I think Chris Brennan was one of the ones who led the way and and I'm partially trained by him in Hellenistic astrology, but there were some others. So Hellenistic astrology is really just one of the oldest forms of astrology mm -hmm. around. I've been practicing Western tropical my whole life. 
And I wanted to really go back to the roots. And what really had me interested in this is, you know, the three wise men found Jesus using astrology. So I wanted to know how they did it and what they used. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, the the star that they followed and all of this, it's it, there's myth in all of that, right? Yeah, we, yeah. We, don't, we can't even prove that Jesus was born, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So there's still a lot of myth. I still don't know the star and stuff, but I wanted to at least learn what the three wise men used, and they probably used this form of astrology. Oh, wow. And you do an astrology column in a magazine? In um, Posh 7 Magazine, which is local, but I've also been tapped by uh, the Washington Post to come mm. in and, and talk with them. They were doing an article on actually numerology for the number of the area code for DC. And I had told John Kelly, who, who interviewed me, that I had this feeling with their new area code coming in that DC would probably become a state. And now what are we talking about? And this was last year. This was last August, September that he interviewed me. And then I've also been featured on like Romper Magazine, which has got 84 million subscribers and stuff for astrology. So I've done a lot with astrology out there. Oh, that's amazing. I teach a class on death and dying. I've, I've taught it in various places. It's something that is just very important to me. And one of the things that I mentioned in the class is the similarity of near-death experiences, especially one of the things is the light that people see. Have you ever had a near-death experience or known anyone that has? And what was your experience? I've known a lot of people who have had a near-death experience. I myself call it a near-death experience when I was in a surgery. Mm. I didn't see the light, though. Mm-hmm. That that part I didn't see, but I've talked to a lot of people. When people come back from a near-death experience, they open a door. Mm-hmm. Most of them experience mediumship after that. They experience the ability to speak with a loved one on the other side. That's very, very common because oh, wow. you open that door and you can't really close that door. Just like in, in uh, shamanism, most shamans are struck by lightning. Hmm. That's a common theme amongst shamans. Oh my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's really crazy. And I've had both. I was struck when I was a kid, and but I didn't have a near-death experience then. But during surgery, had an experience that I think was a near-death experience. It was a very traumatic and dramatic surgery. How did that affect your psychic abilities? Did you find it even more, more open? Well, what I do find interesting now that you say that is, so I practiced mediumship and psychic and doing tarot card readings and stuff up until my late 20s. And then I had some really bad experiences. I had had some as a kid in my teens. It's it's almost like, you know, quitting smoking, quitting doing divination and stuff. <laughs> I couldn't stop doing it. But finally, with these bad experiences, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to cool down for a while Mm. and so I uh, you know I went on to have kids and live that life where you raise your kids and stuff and then I started having some profound experiences probably about 12 years ago where you know I came back into this work kicking and screaming I didn't want to do it because I didn't want these bad experiences like I've I've always told people I get stuff. I've always read people. I've always had experiences like you can't you can't shut that door. It doesn't yeah, shut. Yeah. But the point that I'm getting to about that um, 
does it come in stronger? Well, it was after that near-death experience that I started having this reawakening or these experiences started happening again and came in so strongly that literally, as we say in mediumship, you know, it is a surrender. Literally, I was surrendering. I'm like, okay, just don't let the bad stuff happen anymore. You know, I'll trust you. I'll do this work, but don't let that bad stuff in. <laughs> oh, wow. I think that most people who have any sort of affinity to the spiritual world have some pretty interesting run-ins with paranormal activity. So do you have a ghost story for us? I love ghost stories. I have so many ghost stories. It's not even funny because that is one of the things when, when I was young, not only was I interested in this, but I had a whole family was interested in this. So we went ghost hunting all the time. Mm. And the area where I live, I'm outside of Washington, D.C., and I'm in an area that had a lot of Civil War activity. So we have a lot of paranormal activity here. I grew up in a very haunted house. Mm. You know, I say that and I'm like, was the house haunted or is it because it was a house of mediums? Yeah. <laughs> that spirit was just like, hey, we're here. Right. But yeah, I have tons and tons. And what's really interesting, too, with, with some of these stories is, again, about 12 years ago, not only was I having paranormal experiences wherever I went, but they started showing up in photos. Oh, wow. So I have, and I'll tell this one because it's, it's pretty good. I was looking at the pictures the other day. This was probably in maybe 2013. Uh, a group of us went to a distillery, a place where you go and you taste different whiskeys and stuff in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. So when we get to this distillery, and it was by um, the racetrack there in, in West Virginia. But when we got to this distillery and we go inside that this old house, this old, it's not a house. It looked more like a, a barn or something put together. <laughs> We're inside and right away I get spirit and I'm overwhelmed. And I keep looking at everyone and I'm like, is the floor shaking? Is the floor shaking? Does anyone feel this building moving? Is the floor shaking? And I have so many spirits popping out that I'm chilling, I'm passing out, I'm sick. And I said, I got to get out of this house. I, I got to leave here. I am so sorry. So we leave and they said, we're going to go do your tastings up on top of this hill where they had a, a greenhouse. And it was pretty cold, but that's where they grew their lemons and their lemon trees mm. so we go up into this greenhouse and they have a tasting all set up and I'm better but I'm not okay but mm -hmm. I'm better than being in this this old house barn type thing <laughs> and so I start taking pictures and every picture I take has got streaks of light and orbs and I think something's wrong with the camera yeah so I'm like this stupid camera the light must be getting in or whatever <laughs> Darn this camera. So I still have these pictures to this day with like streaks of light, which is spirit, and these huge orbs around wow. everyone. So found out that the place where the floor was shaking and I had to leave were known slave quarters. Oh, my goodness. So there were two slave quarters that they had put some barn, you know, old wood in between and kind of made this little house. Yeah. There was so much suffering there. And there were so many slaves who were there, you know, coming in spirit and all that suffering was coming through that to me, it felt like the house was shaking apart and like ready to collapse. Wow. 
But I think they also showed up in all those pictures. Hmm. Wow. Do you have children, you said? I have two. Mm -hmm. Are your children psychic? Are they mediums? Oh, it scares the hell out of them. (laughs) They, They both have abilities. I don't think they really like talking about it, although my son has come on uh, uh, house investigations with me. So I get called oh, okay. in to figure out what's there and to ask it to leave. I don't, I'm, I'm not a big person about, hey, you have to leave. I'm a big person of, hey, I'm going to teach you how to live with the spirits that you have because right, they've right. been there longer than you. <laughs> and then I'm kind of tapping into, you know, whether they're malevolent or not. Yeah. And most of them, quite honestly, you know, you don't really encounter bad bad spirits that often. Yeah. I think it's pretty rare, but he's come on a couple of those. He's a natural. Mm. He is a natural with energy. And my daughter, she has precognition all the time. Wow. So they both are on their journeys. Mm -hmm. I just don't think they're ready right now. And that's fine. I keep Mm -hmm. exposing them because, you know, I was never exposed. And Mm -hmm. I think my parents would (laughs) have... They were they were not for me doing any of the things that I was doing because I was into all of this tarot cards and everything. And I think I just drove my mother crazy. <laughs> so do you have any advice if we have a parent listening that has a highly sensitive or psychically gifted child? Any advice for them? Accept them how they are. Mm. If they tell you they see things, say, great, you see things that it's okay. And maybe as they get older, put them in development classes. I don't know if I'd put them in too young, but maybe as they get older and can understand things a little bit better, put them in development classes so that they can understand their gifts and and their abilities and that maybe they can help. I always say the children who are being born today, like I have indigo. I don't know if you've heard of the indigo, indigo, the star. Exactly. The indigo, the star. I think I'm part of the like first wave to Mm. be here to help all the indigos, the stars and the crystalline children. But I think that people like me will go away because these crystalline and indigo and star children don't need people like me. They can communicate very easily. So I, I think that a lot of the mediums and psychics and all of that will just go away. Yeah, one of my children is, I, I think that they're crystal. And then I have nieces and nephews that are extremely gifted, very young, already talking to people in their room and things like that. The door closes around the age of reason, age seven. Mm. And I don't know why, like people have asked me that before. Why didn't you close the door? And I, I, I think I was very stubborn <laughs> and I knew what I was seeing and hearing and all of that was real to me. Mm. And I knew no matter what people told me, I didn't care. Mm. I didn't care. I knew I was on a certain maybe path. I don't know if I was that aware back then, but that I certainly was different than everyone else, but I was okay with it. Sometimes it wasn't fun, but, but. I was okay with it for the most part. I like that I knew things before they happened. Yeah. So that was fun. I like that I could kind of tap in and see what was out there and what was happening. Hmm. Do moon cycles come into play at all with anything that you do as a medium or just any of your other gifts? I do think that 
full moon cycles and new moon cycles definitely you know I do a lot of planting I love gardening I have my mm. herb gardens and stuff and I plant to the moon you probably mm. do too mm -hmm. you don't want to plant during a balsamic moon because nothing will grow mm -hmm. the things that grow in the ground they tend to plant when the when there's um, a new moon the things that that uh, bloom above the ground I tend to plant in a full moon so there's different ways that you're going to be planting but I do again I'm a moon child too so I'm a cancer and I think most mediums are water signs so uh, a lot of mediums you'll find are cancers moons have huge impacts on me sometimes the veil is very very thin mm -hmm. especially when we have these eclipses or we have super moons that we're experiencing now that yes and then during new moon cycles i'll spend three days not sleeping hmm. wow. yeah yeah i think that they have a huge impact at times when i'm doing reading sometimes it's it's a lot easier to connect if that okay. makes sense yeah definitely and i saw you offer so many great classes I saw there was an intuitive detective class. That sounds so interesting. Do you offer your classes online? I do. I do, during, especially during COVID. I've been doing mm. a lot of the intuitive classes I've offered online, uh, the mediumship and mentoring the medium, mm. psychic classes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and crystal classes. I haven't done them online, but I offer crystal classes too. Okay. I love teaching. I've, I've been teaching for 40 years, so I just adore teaching. Oh, wonderful. And I was looking at your services as well and see that you offer phone sessions for people who want to get in touch with you and have a session with you. So if they want to book a session with you, what should they expect? I, I was reading about you just do it strictly on the phone. There's no video involved. So what can someone expect on a session with you? I like doing the phone sessions, and one of the main reasons that I don't do the Zoom calls, I really like reading people, not seeing them. Mm. I love that there's no preconceived notions. I'm not seeing their faces. I'm not seeing what they look like. I'm not seeing the faces they make. For me, it's pure joy and bliss because I'm just off mm. in the hinterlands with spirit, <laughs> sharing and channeling for mm. them. So I like that a lot. I probably will go back to in-person at some point as mm -hmm. COVID starts dissipating, but I will go back to in-person. I think people like Reiki in person. But phone sessions, I read people from all over, mostly the United States, Canada, and Europe. So I'll do sessions in Ireland and England, Australia. So it's fun. It's fun to be able to do phone sessions all over. And if someone wants to book a session with you or find out more about what you're doing, where would they go? They can go out to my website. That's the best way. Everything's online. You can book directly online. You can read all about me at medium, Annie with an IE, Larson with an R and an O.com. So that's medium, Larson.com. And I'll put that in the show notes as well so people can reach out to you. Any final thoughts for us, Annie? When was the last time you connected with, with your loved one? Mm. Perfect. So Annie, thank you so much for being so gracious with your time that you have given us today. And y'all listeners, check out Annie's website. I love when you support our guests. And I'd also be interested to hear what our listeners think about this episode. So remember, if you go to the podcast website, you can comment on this episode with your thoughts and questions. You can even click that little microphone and you can send me a voice message and I might just use it on one of our future episodes. So take care, my witchy friends, and y'all be blessed.
Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.